Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Wolves Weekly, sponsored by MyDieselPlane.com. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. I'm joined this week by the former Wolves players Matt Murray and Richard Stearman. We'll talk about who replaces Pedro Neto, why Huang is at an elite level right now, how can we compare the magic trios of Nua Dicko, Benikafobi and Bakary Sacco against the current magic trio of Mateus Cunha, He Chan Wang and Pedro Neto and just why we as fans can be excited about Wolves again. But we start with Matt Murray's thoughts on just how frustrated and disappointed he is to see Pedro Neto get injured. It's a massive blow because I think obviously everyone was looking and thinking how well he's playing and um There'll be a lot of teams looking at him probably for January going, oh, we want to sign him. We're going to play some pace and big, big dough for him. And I just felt he was back. I was good. I remember doing a game for Sky against West Ham when he got injured. And I thought, you know, you just feel for him. And then you just look at him this season. He looked like he's back to his best, feeling confident and trusting his body, terrifying defences, creating goals, scoring goals. I mean, a goal against Luton was just unbelievable. The, you know, the pace, he he actually, again, I don't know, steers a correct me if I'm wrong, he looks quicker with the ball than without it, the way he runs at people. And that's terrifying for defenders. There's nothing worse than a defender when you're backing off in your box, someone's driving at you. So, and I also think the way Wolves have been playing, I thought under Nuno back in the day, we had so much joy counter-attacking. I think Gary likes that weapon. He likes to be able to counter-attack. So it's, a huge, it's going to be a huge miss because he's, you know, he's the danger man. Other teams are, are looking at him as a threat. Obviously, the boys will be looking at him to get them goals and that bit of magic. But the big thing is, hopefully, you're saying that it's not too long. And that is the big, big well, thing. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing that, um, you know, the, the reports from Gary O'Neill after the game were that he was walking around and they kind of hoped that it wasn't as bad as, as maybe it looked. And look, you guys have been on the pitch with people who've, who've done hamstrings. I'm, I'm presuming that neither of you have done hamstrings at full pelt at that kind of speed. Um, I mean, I'm looking at Steers maybe a little bit ahead of Matty. Matty was sharp over five yards, but uh, maybe not on the the full sprint. Um, but you kind of you can, sometimes can you tell from from the way like a player reacts because we had four on three. He was on the edge of the box, but it, immediately there was no thought in his mind of playing on. He knew something could happen. I'll take that one. I've, I've done my hamstrings. Uh, I've done one one bad one on either side, and you kind of. Uh, you know instantly if it's if it's a bad one. You feel as though like the old one that you've been shot in the back of your leg. Um, now, 
we're hearing that it's not too bad. I think if if you can walk pretty well um, straight away, that means it's only going to be a few weeks. Um, so fingers crossed he's in he's in that sort of lower end of the spectrum of um, you know the the injury scale. So like Matty said, he's been such a threat. He's one of the standout players. You know, in a weird way, it might help us keep hold of him if if he's going to be struggling for um, teams looking at him in January potentially. But um, he's such an important player for us that fingers crossed he's not out for too long. When you're, I mean, say his social media post uh, said that um, he'll be out for a couple of weeks, but very soon I'll be out there stronger than before, already focused on my recovery. See you soon. Um, it, when you recover from a hamstring problem like that, how long does it take you to, I guess, trust yourself that you can go at full pelt again? Because Matty was just talking about that run at Luton and the run he was on in the game when it happened. You kind of have to get that out of your back of your mind, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. But listen, the Wolves have got an incredible medical team. They'll instill that confidence within him. I mean, they'll they'll push him to the limit uh, before letting him back out on the pitch. So, yes, at the back of his head, he might he might be questioning it a little. But once he gets going, I think I think he'll be all right. Unfortunately for him, like his pace is is one of his main attributes. For for me and Matty, it wasn't it wasn't so much. So we didn't have to rely too much on our pace. Keep but... yourself, big man. <laughs> But for him, he's he's very reliable. Such a potent threat, um, you know. His pace, his power, his, his ability to take the ball up the pitch. It's going to take him a little bit to get back into the swing bit, depending on how long he's out for. If it's only a few weeks, then um, it shouldn't be too bad mentally for him. Um, once you get past sort of six to eight weeks, then I think it's going to be it probably be a little bit tougher for him. I think with that, Mike, I think it'd be interesting how they manage him because you've sort of said it there that certain positions, certain players have different strengths to their game. I think he's one of the most informed players in the Premier League. Yeah. But like Steve said, he's a massive, massive weapon is his pace. Now, certain players, you can go, do you know what? We can work with you in training. You can do stuff and you're not going to maximal sprint. I always remember when I was around people at Wolves and Willie Bolly had had a hamstring and they never made him maximal sprint in training, brought him back into the game because they knew he could hit the speed just, just under maximal sprint. This was in a championship. And they, the rest of the lads knew they had to cover for him. So if he'd gone up for a corner, he wasn't going to sprint back maximum. Okay, that, that was something, but they felt everything else he gave, no problem. But you'd imagine with Pedro Neto, because there are going to be times when he hits high speed, maybe he's got to hit that in training so that he gets that psychological barrier out of the way because he's going to need to do it because there's no way that he cannot go at maximum pace when he's running at those defenders. So I think Wolves are going to, they'd rather give him an extra week or two because he is so, so key. But as Steer says, the medical staff there, Phil Haywood and everyone, they're going to get him right. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, it's not too long and he can come back, like he said, stronger than ever. Yeah, I felt for him immediately because, uh, you know, you guys know all about it, Matty more than most, about what it can be like and how lonely it can be when you're out injured for a long time. And the the work that has to go in to get back and let's be honest it has taken a while for Pedro to be the Pedro from probably pre-injury from around that kind of COVID time season when when he was absolutely unreal and, and player of the year kind of in, in Nuno's last year and and to see him go through all of that and then leave the field in tears you just kind of hope above all hope that that it is only going to be a couple of weeks 
and that it doesn't take him a long time again to get back because I think in in some games this year, Matty, he has been absolutely unplayable. Yeah, he's been yeah he's been unplayable. Yeah, and what he did to Manchester City that's one of the best for me the best team in the world. And what he did to Man City was amazing. And he drove and of course yes it was an own goal but he just terrified them. So I think he's a big big part of Wolves' game plan. He, he strikes fear into the in, into the team and into the opposition because they have. They, you know, they have to, as much as they want to commit bodies forward, they know that when he breaks, he's hurting everyone. So, yeah, but I'm sure that, you know, this time, hopefully he's not going to need surgery, anything like that. And he'll look at where he's been at. He's been brilliant and he'll yeah continue that form. So, yeah, it's a blow. But when I'm hearing that, that'll be, you know, what he's posted and he's saying on his social media, then walking around, then, yeah, he, I'm, I'm sure he'll be okay. But, uh but it means other people have got to step up now. That's what the squad's about. Other people have got to step up. And there's a good few Wolves players, I think, that Gary O'Neill is getting a real, real tune out of them. So, yeah, that's what the manager's got to do now. And this is football and why we have a squad. Well, this is the interesting question now. Up against uh, one of Steers' other former clubs, Sheffield United away up next. And I guess the question is, how do you go about replacing it? I, I, there isn't a like-for-like option within there you could go for Pablo Sarabia who's a different type of player you could go for um, Sasha Kalajic who came off the bench and and Huang McConaughey moved over and Cunha moved to the side Um, you could go Fabio Silva to kind of go in and and a similar type of thing Um, there's there's choices but but nothing I don't I don't know about you Steers nothing stands out to me as kind of going that's the ideal replacement yeah, I mean that that's the issue when you lose one of your best players, isn't it? He's, he's your best player for a reason, and you know we're we're not Manchester City where we can go like for like and and take out a world class player and replace him with another one. So unfortunately, that's that's where that's where we are. That's the reality of what it is. Um, like Matty said, someone's got to come in and and try and cover that position for up until he's back. Um, and and hopefully for them, they they retain their place. But um, likelihood is Pedro Neto is going to come back in and play. So. We've kind of just got to wait to see what what Gary does. Um, fingers crossed that someone can step up. Yeah, I, I think it. But that's what and we said that Gary O'Neill. We all saw him on Monday Night Football. He's a good coach, so he's going to have to come with a different game plan. I think the Sheffield United is going to be a different challenge. You know, there's going to be real, real high expectation levels there. Wolves are expected. I don't care. Wolves are expected to go and beat a Sheffield United team that are struggling. So he's going to have to set up that team. You know, get. Look at that, it'll already, it'll already be working on it. It'll have reflected on the Newcastle game. We'll be looking at that, building into it. It's a big, big blow. Like Steve said, he's, he's probably a 70, 80 million pound player. You know, so he's, you know, that Wolves aren't going to have a like for like, but that's what it's all about. And that's what he's got to do. And um, I, and you, you talk about, I think you've missed Nathan Fraser off that list as well. I actually think maybe he would even be involved ahead of Fabio Silva. That's how I see it at the moment. I think that Nathan Fraser's bring bringing bits to to the team, and but it will, will be really really interesting to see what they do because I think it's, it's going to have to change Wolves' like, you know tactics a little bit um, because they just haven't got that raw blistering pace. Jean-Ric Nabelgar, if he's fit, could be a, a, another alternative option, a little bit bit more of a midfielder. But from what we've seen of him since his arrival, he can carry the ball. And it feels like that's quite an important part, Matty, of what Gary O'Neill wants from that front three. Oh, definitely. Ball carriers. And, um, you know, we, as you say, we got a glimpse of him and unfortunately he was sent off against Luton and we're absolutely gutted because everyone was loving what they were seeing. So, yeah, that's his, it is, you know, that's going to be him. 
because of that sending off, you know, it slipped my mind. But yeah, I think he's probably the closest to what we've got, someone who can, can carry it and go there. So, you know, if he can give an hour that and that timing and the feeling back in, but he just, you know, Gary O'Neill says, look, this is your opportunity now, go on. Because let's be honest, it was a, it was naughty. What it, again? It's just lack of discipline. It was a, it wasn't much in it against Luton, but by the letter of the law, it was a red card. These things happen. We've all made these mistakes. Um, so it's about him now saying, look, we've, you know, you've you've had your work, you've done your stuff. We need you now. And if you can just give an hour, I think if Wolves can really get into Sheffield United, start well on that front foot, they are going to be quite fragile, unfortunately for them. And I think then Wolves could take the game away from them. And yeah. I think Bellegarde could be a yeah, definitely a, a great option. Um, one of the saddest bits about Pedro Neto's injury, um, there was a moment in the first half where I'm pretty sure, and people can message in it if this wasn't the case, but I took my headphone off my ear during the game to try and make sure I was listening to this right, that the famous song, It's Magic You Know, Dicko Afobi Sacco, was being used for Cunha... Wang and Neto. That that's how much the fans were loving that trio up top. I mean, Richard Stearman, you played with Dicko Afobi Sacco. Can you see the current three potentially being on a similar level? I mean, why 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 not? Why not? It's high praise, that isn't it? High praise. So let's see, let's see how it all unfolds and hopefully they can do. Well, they bet, yeah, but come on, those boys on the night out, Steers, they were good value. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, no, they, no, no, we obviously had a, the last episode of Wolves Weekly was a reunion that I got those three back together for the first time in eight years. I, I mean, part of the element of it was that they actually only started together 13 times and contributed 24 goals in those 13 games, which is, I mean, yeah, Matty's just said, wow, like, you kind of forget just how good they were on such a short period of time. And one of the stories that came out and Steers might be able to back this up was that um, Benick accused Bakary of not listening in team meetings and just taking the view that didn't need to know about the opposition Steers, that they would, they just needed one of the three of them to turn up and we'd be fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know about, Saka not listening in meetings, uh, but he <laughs> was that good. He was that good. He was a cheat code in that division um, and moving forward, um, sorry, from, from League One into the Championship. That, that partnership or that trio, uh, they were unplayable. Many a team, many a defender struggled to, to cope with them. I certainly wouldn't have liked to play against them. Uh, it was fantastic to be a part of a team uh, with those boys in front of me. It made our job a lot easier, let me tell you. And yeah, I'm surprised that they only started that many games together. But to, to hear that goal return is not a surprise at all. We'll take that goal return off these three uh, in the you know at the moment at Wolves. That certainly that would be a, that would be some that would be that's unbelievable. Twenty four in yeah. thirteen. Wow, twenty four goals in the thirteen games they started together. Thirty goals in the twenty one matches where all three were at the club because obviously Bakary left. Um, at the end of the season and then Nua got injured and then obviously Benick left the following January. So only 21 games where the three of them were there and they contributed 30 goals between the three of them in those 21 games. Um, I said on commentary on Saturday that, um, you know, it's been 15 years that I've commentated on Wolves and there have been probably a handful of times where I've genuinely felt excited to turn up every single week 
and think that they're going to do something. And and this feels like one of them with the with the front three that we have now. I, I don't know whether you agree with that, Matty, that the, the combination of the three, that the way they run with the ball, the way they complement each other, that it is exciting. And maybe Wolves are exciting to a neutral again. Yeah, really exciting. I think everybody would say that when Wolves went back into the Premier League under Nuno, there was sort of like a lot of people, you know, they got a lot of admirers, a lot of followers, and obviously had a, got into Europe. You know, that's how well they were doing, um, going and doing the double over, double over Manchester City. You know, that, that, that was exciting times. And then I think there's been a bit of a transition, if you like, and a bit of not as much stability, different managers, players coming, going, and now I think Gary O'Neill's come in, even though he didn't have much of a preseason. Where what he's done with the team is is fantastic, and he's never moaned. He's 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 got the that sort of the group together, and with what was happening with Lopetegui before, you said, "I was oh, what's going to happen this season." I really, really wasn't sure, but he's shown that there's some really good players, really, really good players in that squad. He's been happy to coach them. They're well coached. They're all playing for each other. I think the likes of Wang, when he first came to Wolves, hit the ground running. Now he's about back at a level, scoring goals. He's clinical. Cunha, the way he travels with a ball. Again, we saw that at Old Trafford. He wasn't quite getting the end product, but again, really, really good. So there's an identity to Wolves. They're playing well. They're looking good. They're defending well. I think Max and Dawson look great at the back. So there's a lot of players that have improved. But yeah, I think there's that real expectation levels now that and I, and I wasn't feeling that at the start. And that's what I think they've grown. So I think you've got to really credit everybody at Wolves, Matt Hobbs, Gary O'Neill, his staff, the players, everyone, and saying, and the fans, you know, because they've got right behind it. And um, yeah, they're, they're doing well. And I, I thought this was going to be a relegation battle. I'm not going to lie to you. But I really, really believe now it's going to be, no, we're not looking down. We're looking at, and it's early days yet still, but I still yeah. think we'll be looking at a top 10 finish rather than looking down. Ooh. Stairs, is he getting carried away? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think I think it's good to be optimistic. It's good to 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 be excited about a Wolves team again. I think you're spot on that the 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 way Wolves are playing, the players they've got at the top end of the pitch, it, it is exciting. It's exciting football. That's what football's all about. Get get bums off seats. Let's let's cheer on Wolves. Come on, let's. Like I said, it's really exciting. And like Matty said, you've you've got to. Um, a lot of people deserve a lot of credit. The, rec- the recruitment from from Matt Hobbs and, and the, the coaching of Gary O'Neill, it's all it's all kind of coming together nicely, and it's resulting in you know some some beautiful attacking football from Wolves again. Because they're five matches unbeaten in the Premier League, and the first match of that was the one-one at Luton, where uh, I think there was a lot of frustration from the supporters, and and a couple of days later going out the cup at Ipswich. So to turn it around, Matty, with the fixtures that they had, actually that that's quite impressive. But I think it's fine lines. I think you look at the Man United game, everyone was buzzing with the performance, but we lose the game. There should have been a penalty. Fact. I don't care. The, 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 the VR, the, you know, the, the, the officials got stood down. You go against Luton, fine lines from going, you know, we got went down to 10 men, you're down at the Kenny against Rob Edwards, all this stuff, but we score a wonder goal. And, and it should have been maybe hang on for a 1-0 win. Instead, for me, a shocking penalty is given. Yeah. Then you look at the Newcastle game, only just gone. It, I can see why in normal time the penalty is given. But I don't think anybody would say, looking at VAR, I think it is a clear and obvious error. So there's so many 
scenarios that you're looking at. So yes, the Luton game could have it could have been yeah. You look at it and think, all right, we've gone there. And the Ipswich game, and everything. Ipswich, you made 10, 11 changes, but the 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 Luton game, you could look at it in one way. But I think Gary O'Neill probably looked at the other and went, we went down to ten men, we battled, we dug in, really difficult place to play against our former manager, all those sort of things. Um, and another day we're coming away with maximum points. But yeah, he's he's built on it. He's looked forward, but there's ne- it always feels like there's never been a panic from within. They know what they're doing. They know what they're trying to feed the boys. And again, that's why I like that Monday night football. You can see that he's got, yes, one, of course, his ideal Gary O'Neill performances and style of play. But I think he knows how to get a real tune and play to the strengths of all these players and getting that buy-in. So that's why I think it's only going going on the up. I think there's some teams at the moment that are going to be playing that are in, you know, Newcastle, they're in Europe, Brighton in Europe. All those things are making it tough for those teams. Um, so, you know, while we're just focusing on what we're doing, so I think we're in a good place. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com I just like the fact that it feels like we're competitive again. There were there were times in the last year or so, Steers, where it, it maybe felt like we, we weren't on a level of some of the teams we were playing and, and the atmosphere has changed again because it feels like and Lee Naley used this word on Saturday, belief. Belief in the stands that now kind of comes from the way the players play, but then reflects back onto the players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it, it can be tough, can't it? Turning up to watch your team, not fully convinced that, you know, you're, you're going to get a result or you're going to be excited by what you're going to see. And and I think that optimism has returned to Molyneux with with the way the way that we're playing, um, the the brand of football and and obviously picking up results against some some high end teams. Um, like you said, we're we're competitive again. We're able to pick up points against some of the top teams in this division. Um our local rivals who are doing really well. So it's exciting times. It's exciting to be a Wolves fan again. It definitely is. And with He Chan Wang and uh, his record equaling or or breaking, depending on how you want to look at it, um for 50 years, records have stood in terms of scoring in six consecutive home matches in the top flight and scoring six or more in the opening 10 matches of a top flight season. John Richards and Derek Dugan held those records for 50 years. He Chan Wang now is in amongst that group of them. Matt, you know him better than most. I know you've had lots of conversations with him in his time at the football club. His journey that he's been on is actually like, it's quite remarkable. Really. Yeah. Obviously through the, the Leipzig and, 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 and get in over and he's played, I think he played with Harlem, didn't he? And um, yeah. So to, so to, to get over and, you know, he wasn't playing before he came to Wolves, you know, he was out of the team over in, in Germany, he was out of the team. He came in, hit the ground running. Now, it was obviously a loan with an option to buy. It did really, really well. That was done early. Um, and then he had injuries, didn't he? And it wasn't quite happening for him. And again, he's someone who's gone away, worked hard, got himself really robust, getting in that rhythm. You can see that he trusts his body. He believes in the style of play and the way the team are playing. And he's stepping up to be a, a real, real main man. He's an absolute star back in his home country. You know, the, he's properly put Wolves on the map over there. And I remember playing with Keon Sol um, and, and, and the attention he used to get uh, back in South Korea. And now for yeah, he Chan is just yeah, he's a he's a superstar, absolute superstar. He looks like he's loving his football, he's really settled. 
obviously the youth team went over to South Korea as well for a tournament. And I think they went to his dad looked after them and everything else. I saw some clips on social media of that. So he's learning the language because when I first, when he first came over and had a few chats with him, I was using my broken German to have a little <laughs> chat with him. But now you can have a, you know, you can have a chat with him in, in, in English. The boys obviously really, really respect him. He's settled, he's doing all this stuff. So he's another one that I'm sure Matt Hobbs and Gary O'Neill will be chatting and saying, look, stay here. We can match your ambitions here because he's a great age, good player, versatile as well. I don't think, you know, he's he's scoring goals, but he's got so much more to his game. Ball carrying works really hard. I thought that was one of the things, I don't know if Steers will correct me if I'm wrong, but when he first came in, the way the intensity closed down with and pressed with. And I think that that's something that a lot of the high-end, the modern teams, yes, they love what you do in possession, but I think he brings a, a lot out of possession as well. Especially with uh, with Neto going to be out for a little bit as well. He's he's going to almost be the one carrying the fire, isn't he? So, you know, I, I watched I watched the, the goals back just before we came on and his goal is, is elite forward play. The run... The touch, the chop, sat down the defender and puts it in the back of the net. That is top, top striking play. You can't, it's really tough to defend that. And he, he's going to have to be really on his game now, um, even more so with, with Neto out. I know we spoke about it a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, almost our, our talisman for now. Um, and fingers crossed he can continue to, to do what he's been doing, uh, put the ball in the back of the net and, and hopefully get some points. I think that's big, Mikey. I think that when he first came in, he was just, I think his shots, you know, his conversion rate was right up there. Mm. Nearly every time he scored, he had a lot of one-touch finishes, one, two-touch finishes, and it was looked very instinctive. Like, it was, And then I felt there was a time where he just didn't look quite, you know, he was overthinking it. And I think in the Premier League, if you take that extra touch or you're not quite there, then the chance is gone. And like Steer said, there, just that play, the chop inside, the finish, the fire pass, Nick Pope, who's a good goalkeeper, it just looks like, it's all in slow motion for him. He's always making the right decisions. Really, really clinical. He's got that knack of being in the right place at the right time. And uh, yeah, he enjoyed that goal against Manchester City, especially, didn't he? Especially after uh, Pep forgot his name. So all over yeah, the Korean bit. guy. Yeah, the, which, you know what? And that that happens, but it's great, you know? And, and and he laughed it off. But I thought, I think you've seen his personality coming out as well. So no, he's he, he's been excellent. And um, yeah, fair play to him. By the way, I'm saying this just for our video team to see if they will pick this out uh, and put them side to side. Because in the back of my mind, uh, Steers might remember this, uh, Helder Costa against Cardiff in front of the South Bank, where he kind of chops back in and then passes it in at the near post. That's That's pretty similar to me. That strikes me as a similar looking goal if you put them side to side. Yeah, because he chops back in from the right hand side, doesn't he? Sits someone down and, and slots it in. So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right, Mikey, as always. Well good name there. Blast from the past, that one. Yeah. Well, listen, I I you know, you guys know that I don't like to toot my own horn. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I have been telling everybody, don't laugh at don't laugh at me. You know that I'm I'm Mr. Modesty. That I've been telling everybody that in our preseason podcast. I tipped He Chan Wang to get to double figures this season. And as Lee Naylor hates the fact that I bring this up now, but of course, because he keeps scoring. So he's like three goals away. I mean, he's only played 11 games. We're, we're nearly there already. Don't put any commentators curse on him, all right? And that, look, 
But do you know what? It'd be nice that Lee Naylor could actually potentially be wrong once. Why did he doubt you, Nails? Or is yeah, of course he did. Yeah, okay. I think everyone doubted me. I think when he chans on it, you know, double figures for the series. He's got. He's got. Yeah, it's got just the fact that nobody's got near double figures for three years for Wolves. So he's already the amount of goals he scored now would have made him the top scorer in the last three seasons. Do you know what? You don't. You, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that actually surprises me. Um, I know that, and that's I think again something that Gary's done really well because yeah, goal, obviously goal scoring was a was a was a problem, um, and some get sometimes we weren't looking like scoring as well. So the fact that I think he's starting to get that balance right, you know, a lot of the time we look good defensively. So yeah, and now the fact that we're yeah we're scoring at the other end of the pitch and looking a threat is 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 really really big. So that, that has surprised me. That that's that there again. Tell you what, you are a stato, aren't you, Mikey? Well, you know that I like to go back through and do this kind of thing. So I've come up with a very quick game for the two of you to, before we finish. Um, I say we mentioned Dicko Afobi Sacco. Uh, please go back and listen if you haven't already to our Wolves Weekly reunion special. And Steers actually gets mentioned because um, we started talking about the fact that between them, they contributed 30 goals to the campaign. And yet, None of them got the player of the year that year. Well, unlucky for them. <laughs> Some other players did all right that year. So it must have been Steers then. Wow. So in honour of that, because you have both been player of the year, I've gone back to the turn of the millennium. So from the 99-2000 season onwards. And I want you to go head to head. You'll take it in turns to name me somebody who has won the Wolves Player of the Year award. Can I go first? Yes. Can you say yourself? You can say yourself, yeah. <laughs> Jolien Lescott. Jolien Lescott won it in 02-03 and 04-05. Kevin Foley. Kevin Foley, love that. 08-09, Kevin Foley, 1-1. Back to you, Matt Murray. Michael Kitely. Michael Kitely is a no. We should be better at this. Matt Murray. <laughs> You've gone for Matt Murray. Yes. Well, I'm going to say Ruben Neves. Yeah, Ruben Neves won it in 17, 18 and 22, 23. Matt Murray, by the way, won it in 06, 07. He remembers that. What he told us is is one you're not giving him that one. Sacco must have won it one of the years. Bakary Sacco in 2012-13. Not a year that most people want to remember. I know Lee Naylor has won it, but I don't know what year. Lee Naylor has won it in 2000-2001. Yes. Taking that one. I'm happy with that. I can't remember because we pretended that he'd won it first time. That uh, We said he'd been announced up. And he wasn't listening, so he went up and I said, What are you coming for? And he went to sit <laughs> away and he fell on the floor. <laughs> so that's how I remember that. Three three. Uh, Jarvo, year we played for England. Matt Jarvis in 2010-11. Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez in 1819 and 1920. Great shout. How many years we got missing then? You've still got quite a lot, don't worry. I've got another one I want to go for. Did Jody get it any year? Jody Craddock is yes, 0910. Love it, Jody. 
Can I go for E Banks Blake is Wolves' is number nine? Uh uh. Man has not won it with all those goals. No. Nope. Wolves won it the year we went up. Say so, Kevin uh-huh. Foley won it 08-09, Jody Craddock 09-10, Matt Jarvis uh, 10 and 11. Um, and in 07-08, it was not Sylvan Ebanks Blake. It's back to Steers, who leads 5-4 and a chance to open up a gap here. What year did Robbie Keane or has he left by then? then, then. Well, he's gone for Keane or he's left by then. So <laughs> Matt's not even giving you a moment. <laughs> Another guess. I was still a nipper for half of these. You were still, you were playing. About 10 yeah, years I, older than me. That's why I can't think. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, so the season around 2000 would have been like the likes of Kevin Muscat and that in that team. But um, there were two goalkeepers on the list. Carl Ikemi. No, Stowley had already gone. Carl Ikemi. <laughs> it wasn't my go. It wasn't my go. Carl Ikemi is a no. Oh well, I'm going Wayne Hennessy then. <laughs> That's my go. Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> that was 08-09. Wayne, no, Wayne Hennessy in 07-08 and in 11-12. Right. Okay, another goalie on the list. Pretty recent one. Jose Sarr. Jose Sarr. Have we got any of my era ones or is it just all, all Matty now? Uh, no, yeah. Um, for 2014-2015-2016-2017. Uh, Douglas, did he ever win it? Uh-uh, Barry Douglas is a no. Come on, Matty, where are you going? Someone just got my head then. It's just I've got when you got such a big fat head like me. There's at least four on the list that you played with. That I played with? Yeah. George and Dar. George and Dar is a no. Alex Ray. Alex Ray is a yes. Oh one oh two. Come on. He's got no hair, but we don't care. Alex Alex. So 0102, Alex Ray got it, yeah? Yeah. And have we got 0203 was Jolie in, yeah? Yeah. And then what one of one are we missing at that area? Uh, so, so you need the, the year 2000, the year 2004, and the year 2006. Mickey Gray? Mickey Gray is a no. 2006. Oh, mate, I know it is. Well, we'll come back. Steers. Go on, give me a clue. I mean, no, you haven't actually said hey. yourself yet. I've not. I said myself. No, I, he, I, I he said you. Steven. No one said him. No, no, I said steers, and then that's why I thought he ticked it off. I said we, we've already done steers. Right, I'm going to give you steers just to get you back in the game. Say it, didn't I? I said, look, you got to give us yeah, because he he took me. I know, I know who it is. I know who one of them is. Paul Ince. No, Paul Ince is a no. So he scored in the playoff final, the third goal to make it 3-0. And he left at the end of that season on a free. So I'm going for Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller in 05-06. Yes. Brings it back to seven each. Benick? Benick is a no. No Benickophobie. Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald, 2013-2014. And Matty pulls into the lead. Should have got that. 16-17. Was that Championship or Premier Premier League? Championship. There's two I want to go for around that time. One of which is still at the club now. Matt Doherty? Yes. <laughs> Doc in yes. 15-16. So I'm going to go for Helder Costa. 
Helder Costa, 2016-17. Matt Murray straight back over the net. 9-8. Jao Moutinho? Jao Moutinho is a no. That's good. I was going to go for him. So what do you say? 2004? Yep. 2004, which uh, would have been the Premier League season, I think. Or the no, no, no. 2002, 2003. We got promoted. So 2003, 2004. Then, okay, Omri Kamara. Omri Kamara is correct. 10-8, Matty. This could, this could be it. I could be going into an unassailable lead. Lee Naylor wouldn't know that word, would he? <laughs> Did so, Codes ever win it? Connor Cody? Connor Cody is a no. That's a disgrace that Connor Cody's never won it. So what we what years are we going for? The year 2000, yeah. 2021, this to win the game. We said Pedro Neto yet. Yeah. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, I want Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto, yes, 2020-21. Well done, Mike. So we just get 2000. Yeah, the year 2000. I was involved a lot then. Was that what... what... Division was that the championship, like like it was like nationwide league division one or whatever it was. So we had like Kevin Muscat. I used to watch a bit then. And Michael Oakes was in goal. Kevin Muscat. <laughs> I used to watch a bit then. He's been em- claiming he was in school a few minutes ago. Bill emblem. This would have been Steers. Was your dad working at Banks's at this point? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Darren Baisley. Break me down a bit then. A little stairs, just high on, fu- high on fumes. Adiaki Bayi. What position? Tell me. Central defence. Paul Butler. No, he no. wasn't there. Then. It's good, but it's not right. So Neil Emblems wouldn't have been it. Central defender. Dean Richards wasn't there. God rest his soul. Steve Sedgley. Keith Curl. No. Any nationality you can give us? No, I'm not going to tell you nationality. Central defender in 2000. Oh, my days. I'll tell you what we're going to do. What other, no, what other clubs did he play for? No, I'm not going to tell you. We're, we're going well, to leave this hanging, and I'm going to get people to message us at Mikey Burrows on Twitter <laughs> slash X, whatever you want to call it. Help Matt Murray out, because this is going to annoy him all week. I'm not oh going to tell God. him. He's on Twitter as well. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? At Matt Murray 20. At Matt Murray 20. I want people to message Matt Murray, tag me in. I know who it is. No, don't tell anyone. I know who it is. Yes, I've got him. I've got him. Yes. Okay. I've got him. If you know who was the player of the year in the year 2000, get in contact with us and let us know. And I just want Matty to be bombarded with this person's name. I know and, it is. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> Richard Stearman, Matt Murray, thank you as ever for being part yeah. of Wolves Weekly. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Good to see you guys. Wolves Weekly, brought to you by mydieselclaim.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.